Hey, Pie Tribe, have you gotten your ticket out of the rat race yet? I'm talking about the free guide, Five Ways to Earn $5,000 a Month with Passive Income that could be yours right now. All you need to do is text the word PIE, P-I-E, to 33777 and get your copy today. Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Passive Income Examiner. I'm excited today to have another awesome guest for you. I welcome Max Fish to the show. Max has a background in real estate, which ultimately led him to developing a virtual assistant business. So I'm excited to hear how this turn of events happened and how this can help you all. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Max, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, I mean, first of all, let's introduce you. So go ahead and tell your story and kind of how you got started. Sure. Yeah. Just real quick. So I started in the real estate business actually as as a, a mortgage originator doing residential mortgages. That was like early 2000s and was in the business for less than a year, bought my first property. And that was a, ended up being a paint and carpet rehab. And fast forward to today, I have a full-time wholesale and rehab business where we buy properties and flip them. And I don't hold residential real estate. And, and then basically I've always been a big marketer. So in the course of doing business, I can get into it in more detail, but long story short, I had a bunch of people in my office and cubicles that didn't work. A buddy said, try VAs. And that grew into what we have today after people asking, can you please help me? Because I'm not seeing the same success. And uh, I essentially have the two businesses now that both take up about half of my time each. Okay. So like, let's unpack that a little bit because that was breezing over. I know your story is so much more depth than that. (laughs) Come on, Max, open up, give it to us. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to, we we need it. It's got to be a back and forth. So I wasn't sure how much detail. Okay. Let me ask you. So tell me about like your first, where you were at. Let's talk about the struggle. Like when you were doing deals and you finally realized that you needed help. And what was that like? First of all, finding help, even letting go of some of that control factor and being able to push yourself past that. How did you even cope with that? Oh man, that's a good question. So I am definitely one of those people who, if allowed to, I would try to do everything myself and not because I'm concerned about like expense or things like that. It's just like, I have a genuine interest in learning new stuff. I tried to build a website once years and years ago, for example, I would never build my own website today. So I think that I got to a point where I was, I kind of had set up some systems Um, again, being a marketing person, doing direct mail and different things and trying to automate things. And, And I just got to a point one day where I realized that I was spending way too much of my time doing stuff that either didn't generate revenue or was not the primary revenue generator of my business. Because the real estate business is very simple. You need people to talk to, and obviously you have to talk to those people and you have to solve some type of problem or have a solution to a problem. So I would get to the point where I'm tinkering with a, I don't know, a system to build maybe a lead capture or something like that. And three hours have gone by. Meanwhile, there's three or four people to contact about purchasing their property so that we could then fix it up and make money. So in one case, I'm making no money, but it appears like I'm busy and I'm working and I'm productive when in reality, 
I'm not. So I think once I came to that realization, that's when it really hit me that I start getting help. And if, again, that kind of grew into specifically the cold calling piece when I had the people in my office working in cubicles. Okay. So you started out with having people in your office cold calling. What were they cold calling? Yeah. So, so to just kind of continue on. So I had that realization. I brought in a young lady to help me basically like a front desk person. And then I thought to myself, we're doing a lot of direct mail. I want to add another source of marketing. And I had always done a lot of calling myself, but again, having that realization, I thought, well, I can't do the calling myself. That would be crazy. So I started hiring people. I had, again, I had cubicles in the office in the back and we basically went out and found W2 employees. We were paying 10 to $12 an hour. They sat there and they made the calls. And at the peak, there was eight of them. The now that became was, almost like a full-time job managing people. <laughs> so that was one of the things that I realized. That's interesting. You brought that up. I realized that managing them was a big problem. And that's really what led to the change because I found the one kid in, asleep in his car the one day, the, the, uh, the couple of girls arguing with each other, lunch break's supposed to be a half an hour. They're coming back an hour and a half later. They're showing up late. Just all this stuff that was totally unrelated. Again, I find myself in a position where I'm now doing something that doesn't contribute to the bottom line directly. So I actually caught a, three of them fighting, like fist fighting in the bathroom. Three, three young ladies, which was interesting. And I basically let everybody go the next day because I just couldn't deal with that. Other tenants in the building started to complain and stuff. And it just was ridiculous because they were all young people, kids. So, um, so there I am now I have all these systems and I have a bunch of phones and cubicles and nobody to call. And so I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, why don't you try VAs? And so that's what led to where we are today. Um, mm. So that's kind of that transition. Yeah. And I bet a lot of people go through that. I mean, it's such a discussion. I see this in Facebook groups and forums. What would you, what's better to hire our own W2 people or to outsource? And there's, there's pros and cons to both. And it sounds like you have been in both scenarios and can speak experientially (laughs) about the pros and cons of both. We kind of talked just now about the touch, the pros and the cons of having those W2 employees under your wing. What would you say were some of the pros and cons leading into working with the VA and kind of how did you sort through that? Yeah. So some things to consider or some context would be, I say to people, sometimes if I want to blow people's minds, you know, when I started in real estate, there was no Facebook, right? So my point is technology now allows us to do things that only a few years ago, like five years ago, six years ago, eight years ago, we couldn't do, right? So So you have to keep that in mind. And I think that, again, when I kind of made that transition, it was new to me. So it took about a year to figure out how to get somebody to do what I wanted to do and and all that kind of stuff, how to manage them, how to train them, how to onboard them initially, bring them on, vet them. And I, I really quickly realized that I simply traded one problem for another, right? So if I have eight people working remotely versus eight people in the office, yeah, well, I don't have payroll tax and I don't have workers' comp insurance and all that nonsense that comes along with that, but you can pay your accountant or somebody to do that. No big deal. But I still have to manage these people and make sure that they're working. And so I realized that without the right systems in place, I had a problem. I had read Gino Wickman's book, Traction, and they talk about right people, right seats and managing and things like that. And uh, so I started reading some management books and looking at key performance indicators, also operating procedures and best practices and all this different stuff. And so I identified a person to help me establish all this. And that was kind of the beginning. She was essentially my first hire. And then I built out 
the systems and processes. And today we have all these different training programs and it just goes on and on. So it's, it's taken a lot of time, but without that initial framework would have been extremely challenging to have an effective team. And especially if you want them to work together, it would be almost impossible. Right. And you're the middle guy who's trying to be like the, what do you call it? The puppeteer managing all the puppets and how overwhelming and frustrating is that? Like you just want to focus on making deals, not coordinating your VA. So I totally understand. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this then when you were going through that phase, you mentioned to me before we jumped on this chat that you really discovered the advantage to a VA was when you could give them a certain project, like find VAs that were project driven rather than kind of the jack of all trades VAs. Tell me a little bit about how you came to that and why you think that's such a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. So again, having built out those processes and procedures over the course of that first year, what I realized was like any, I'm not an HR professional, but like any HR person or manager or any HR process, certain people are good at certain things. I am not someone who's particularly creative in terms of like drawing and painting and stuff. So you wouldn't hire me to do that for you. I, there's certain things that I do that other people can't do. And, but it's like that anywhere you go, right? People are people. So we started to implement things like personality profiles, tests, and different things like that and basically try to develop roles that we wanted to fill. And so I sat back one day and I thought, what is it that most people approach me about? And I had friends that that continually approached me about the lead generation and marketing aspect, right? Again, we're doing a lot of cold calling at this point. And so what we did was, again, we kind of went a little bit deeper and created SOPs specifically for lead gen and cold calling how we manage it, what their job duties are, what the tasks are, what that entails, and try to set it up almost like a project-based, right? And then everybody gets, like everybody clocks in the same, everybody has the same as far as payroll and stuff like that. So so that's all done. But their actual role day-to-day, we tried to, again, try to kind of create its own little ecosystem, if you will. Yeah. So you're saying basically that just correct me if I'm wrong, you would hire a VA to do cold calling and lead generation, but you wouldn't necessarily use that same VA to say, run an email campaign or build out a sales funnel, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because what we found is, especially if you lean heavily on like real personality profiles, it might cost between $100 and $150 to run one on somebody. When you look at that, you'll find that there's certain people that they, I don't know, uh, they just want to be left alone to do their very tedious or what you or I might think is tedious tasks, right? There's other people who need human interaction and engagement throughout throughout the day. Otherwise they basically get sidetracked. Again, it goes back to most of these companies will tell you there's like four distinct personality profiles. And basically you can assign certain jobs to any one of them, but you can't necessarily cross Yes, I understand. That makes sense. Right, like a sales guy is a sales guy, for example. Yeah, that's for sure. You're talking to somebody with the experience in the car business. <laughs> well, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. So imagine yeah. trying to make your controller and put your controller out on the floor to sell cars. That wouldn't work. Right. You know? No. So same kind of idea. Unless they were working with another like C personality, then maybe it would. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that would be really tough to make that happen. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it goes Sorry. back to efficiencies. Yeah. No, I'm very familiar with that. I used to use the, I used the disc personality profiling when I was managing people, but I didn't have them do a test. I just studied it. And then I gave them my own assessment. I played a game called, would you rather? 
Okay. Yeah. So I would, that, I so would ask questions just work. like what you said. Like, would you rather work in a group of people or work alone? Would you rather give, be given your tasks with specific instructions or kind of be given the end result and you get to fit, find your way? And like, I always could find, figure out like where they would be good at and if they were not going to be a fit for my calls. Cause I managed a call center too, actually. That's one of the things that I did. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. That's funny. I didn't mention that before. <laughs> it seems so relevant. Okay. So going back to this, so you're talking about having VAs being task oriented. And I really like, I'm really impressed. I have to admit, like I'm over here, like, man, this is so cool because your focus was on VA or on real estate, but you didn't just, you looked at this, not what could have, I suppose, what could have been a problem. You could have said like, oh, this is so annoying. I can never find people. You could have made it a crutch, but instead you turned it into an asset. I mean, that's genius. I'm really impressed by that. And I love that part of your story because to me, that is like true entrepreneurship right there. So tell me like, when did this epiphany come to you where you were like, this can be more than just for me? So I appreciate it. And uh, I'm actually, I'm pretty surprised as to where it's kind of what it's evolved into. And to be honest, there wasn't a time where I sat down and was like, this could be something really big. It was actually, again, people continuing to ask me, can you help me? Can you help me? And a few people I helped, but eventually it was, I can't help you. I mean, or I can, but I have to charge you. Um, And then one thing led to another. I have a, a couple of friends of mine that are I guess, influencers, for lack of a better term, in the real estate space, they know me, they know I'm going to take care of their their clients and their friends, and they start promoting us a little bit. And that kind of jump-started one portion of the business. But I think for me, it was really just a focus on, again, kind of going back to my original, the beginning of my story, which is I'm not an HR person. I don't want to create another job for myself, but I need to address, like my landlord's not going to let me say, yeah, that three-year lease, sorry. Or like, I have all these expenses, like I have to figure out how to do this. And I can't go through this nonsense with these people in the office. How do I address it? And that coupled with, I don't want to create a new job for myself is what led to like today we have, we move some things around. So we went from 20 actually to 19, but we have 19 people that act in a management capacity whether it's HR department or training or coaches or whatever, because I don't have the time or energy or even interest to do that kind of stuff. They don't generate revenue. They just manage the team. I'm also fortunate because I don't have to, like revenue is not my primary motive here because I make my money in the real estate space. So it affords me the opportunity to have conversations with other investors and friends of mine and really try to help, truly help people and solve problems. That's really genius. I actually remember you're reminding me of a while back when I was, my husband and I went to a real estate conference and Duncan is the guy's name. I can't think of his last name right now. Weimer or something like that. We were, it was years ago. And I mean, just like what you're saying, like before internet was really a big thing, he talked about using a VA for lead gen, but he would just tell us, just go find your own VA. And we tried, we went through a service and personally, I hated it. I was like, I feel like I have to wake up at two in the morning to talk to this person. I'm frustrated because the thing I asked him to do, it took twice as long as what I know I could have done it in. And it's not even done right. Now I'm having to pay for him to fix it. I went to his manager, right? Because it was the the guy that spoke English really well was the manager. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it was just so frustrating. It really put a bad taste in my mouth about outsourcing. And especially overseas, I started to get really kind of, 
I don't know. And then later I hired a VA for other things. And I had another experience where it was like, they ghosted, they just, yeah, I'll get that done by Thursday. And then I never hear from them again. They've got passwords to everything. And I'm kind of over here like, oh my goodness, what are they going to do with my stuff? Hurry up and change everything. So those are the quote horror stories, I suppose, that people could be thinking like, why would I do this? So let's talk about how you solve that problem for people. Yeah. So at this point, we have a few different things going on. So to elaborate, our initial focus was the real estate business. We are in the process of finalizing some stuff internally, essentially, but we want to go into other verticals, go move outside the real estate space and focus on entrepreneurs in general, small to medium-sized businesses. Um, But basically, I suspect like in your case, it could have been a few things. It could have been, you don't know what you don't know, right? You didn't vet them right. It could have been that, that you're not a manager and just don't, don't have the tools or the inclination to manage them. So we offer a managed solution, right? Where we'll basically understand what the tasks are. We have an intake process and then we do all of the HR stuff on the back end. We do all the daily management and clients have access to these individuals, but they work for us exclusively. We typically place them with one client and we try to be a, almost like a like an add-on to their current business or, or like a support personnel to their current business. And then the other thing that we offer is a placement service, which is basically like a traditional recruiting situation. So that's for the folks that maybe they already have a few VAs or they have some infrastructure and they have the ability to manage people internally. And so that additional expense is just, it just doesn't make sense for them to take on and we can offer them that as well. So where we really, I think where we really shine, um, I always tell people we're interviewing somewhere between four and a little over 500 people, depending on the month, but every month, just by doing that, right? We get a lot of high quality people. I have now four ladies in the HR department and three of them, that's all they do is interviews. And our goal with our call it funnel, if you want to think of it like that, is to basically kick people out so that by the time we get to the bottom, we're only hiring between five and 7% on average. Um, but they're like, the really good people. And then once we put them into training and some of them fall out there, by the time we get to the end, we have a really good product. And then we also are able to standardize everything from like onboarding. They all get background checks, medical clearances. We train them all the same. So we know how to spot problems. And it's like anything. I don't do the interviews myself, but any one of those young ladies, if they're doing a hundred a month, they've gotten really good at it. And so I think the reason why you would outsource any process is for the same reason. And that is It's just not your forte. You spend, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000, 5,000, maybe building a website. You could do it yourself and save the money. But if these guys do 50 a year, they're probably going to do a way better job. So for us, it's about kind of the consultative aspect, trying to find out what the clients need and then provide some options as far as solutions go. Um, That's that's kind of the, the goal, I guess, or the mission in a nutshell. Makes sense. So you primarily, sounds like that your team is right now primarily focusing on lead generation. Is that correct? Primarily, I'd say no, but it does represent a big part of our business, maybe like 40% of our business, something like that. So what else do you do? Anything and everything real estate related for that business. And then going into other verticals, I would say any kind of back office work, any kind of non-licensed work, phone work, data entry, any kind of like research, client potential client engagement, maybe. We can get pretty creative and we've actually developed some training programs for specific roles because clients requested it. And in some cases, it's very specialized. We, we've 
We've placed some very high-level people in in jobs where we got a basically we got a very specific job description and we had to find that person. So a quick example, I had a, a friend of mine who was looking for some in-office help down in Austin, Texas, and he gave me some very specific criteria. And we went out and found, I don't know, maybe it was, I think he interviewed like four people or something. And uh, that was six or seven months ago. And the young lady's still with him and it's all good. So we are able to source like Americans living abroad, which is a big thing now, as well as the foreigners. And then also people in the States if, if folks need that, but that's a small part of our business. Okay. And so that's pretty cool. When you talk about lead generation, I know some of it is very real estate specific, but if we could broaden that perspective a little bit and kind of demonstrate verbally, obviously for people, what we, what you do lead gen wise and what that would look like for them. Yeah. So like in the real estate space, it could be the cold calling. It could be text messaging. It could be managing direct mail campaigns or some kind of like paid pay-per-click or, or internet campaign outside of the real estate space. We have a guy that approached us a couple of weeks ago. He does, I want to say it's like financing for lawyers or something. I'm a little, I'm a little fuzzy on it. We have a follow-up call, I think next week, but he basically is looking for us to do some outreach to these attorney's offices and, and then kind of feed him those, those prospects. So that's one example. We work with uh, like property managers, engaging with customers, maybe they have the rents late or some kind of issue, that kind of thing, sourcing referrals. And then we just got approached another good example. We just got approached by a guy who owns a bunch of hotels and he's looking for somebody to reach out to to his clients after a stay and survey them and then try to rebook them. So again, just getting real creative, any kind of business, gen, new business or lead gen that you can think of, there's a good chance we can craft something around it if we're not currently doing it. What about LinkedIn? Like, like reaching out on LinkedIn on behalf of somebody? Yeah, absolutely. So something like that, I would probably say, let's figure out how to audit. Well, let, let, first of all, let's figure out what your goals are, right? And what your needs are. And then I would say, let's figure out how to automate most of that so that we could then put somebody in a place to kind of cherry pick the best and then feed them to the client, right? If it's something like leads. So we do that like on Facebook, for example, for like my real estate business and for other clients as well. It's, we're going to try to craft a solution based on the needs, but I also, I, we try to be careful because I don't want to put myself in a position where we over promise and under deliver. So that's, that, that's a concern as well. Sure. I mean, I like what you're saying because you're just being honest. You're saying, let's have a conversation and see what we can do. And I'll let you know if I can do it, it might get, we might get creative. And if not, then I'll let you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just, I, like, I was just, uh, I just glanced at my phone and I got a text from a, a guy that called me on, on Friday. He was actually a referral, but he's in the, he's in the roofing business. And he asked if we could prospect for roofing jobs. And I said, honestly, I don't know. So let's do a short test and find out. And that's basically how we're approaching that. Cause I don't want to ask him to make any kind of a three, six month or whatever kind of commitment to us. If I'm not certain I can perform, that wouldn't be fair. I sure. think we can, but I'd cool. rather test it. Yeah. yeah, no, I like it. I like it. And I like how you came to the position that you're in and you sound very like system driven for a guy who isn't very liking tedious things and minutia. It's surprising that you talk about that so much, but I can understand that's important because you need it. You need people to know the system. So the system works, right? So you can manage the system. You can't always manage the people. 
it's the only way that I know how to hold, it's the only way that I've learned that I can hold people accountable is through processes and numbers. Really. I don't like, I can't, we're not like, we don't have like a customer service survey or something. It's not, I'm not like a, I'm not like, like an auto mechanic or something where I know that the customer is all unhappy or whatever. It's not that cut and dry for us. And so just to kind of keep things fair and for bonus purposes and stuff. Yeah. It's, that's the only way I know how to do it. Pretty cool. Well, do you have anything else to add? Any other like nuggets of wisdom or tips that people can use when they're looking? Okay, let's actually, I have an idea because this is something we didn't really we kind of glossed over this part. What about people who do want to take that road down finding their own VA or maybe reach out to you to, to find somebody for them because maybe they're just a solopreneur and they just need one extra helper. It's not like they need a whole team. What would you recommend would be the best way for them to work with that? Like what are some best practices, I suppose, that you've developed over time that people can benefit from? Yeah. Just to kind of keep it real general, I would say that if you're looking to hire somebody full-time, for example, the best thing to do is to sit down and write out a job description with a detailed task list. That's extremely important, right? And then from there, you know, you really want to find at least two or three paid job boards. So don't go all free. I mean, use the free ones, but get like two or three paid ones at least. And what you really want to do is, again, kind of going back to my funnel analogy, you want to Use that really detailed job description to attract as many people as you can. So maybe you attract 50 resumes and then out of there, you start to pull out, maybe you pull out 10 or 15 and you start to weed them down. You'd have to interview them all, but you need standard, you think of standardizing everything so that you can compare, right? So you ask everybody the same five or 10 questions or whatever it is, give everybody a disc profile. You can, Tony Robbins website, I think it's free, um, and that just gives you more information. And I, we do multiple interviews. I think that's very important. Resumes are great, but there's some resume fraud out there that's becoming a problem. So I would say you have to get references and you have to talk to previous employers. That's where you're going to get your best idea of whether or not this person's a fit. And then from there, I think you have to explain to them very systematically, I need to do this and this is how you do it. And this is how much time it takes. And you literally have to lay out their week for them. Otherwise they'll potentially slack off. And then the last thing I would say is you have to be ready to understand that things might not go well. And the minute that happens, you need to end the relationship quickly because it never gets any better. And then unfortunately you have to start the process over. And that's the big reason why people come to us. I love it. That's great. Those are great tips, actually. Very thorough too. One last question though on that. You mentioned job boards, like you said, not paid. So you're saying maybe not Fiverr or Upwork, what would be an example of a better place to source people? Yeah. So as an example, like I think you can go on Indeed and you can do like a three-day free trial, or I used to be able to go on Craigslist and post gigs and stuff for no, most of it now is paid because they recognize that the free stuff is problematic. But, you know, as an example, we're posting right now on the real estate side of things on something like 83 different job boards of which I think 28 or 29 are paid. Right. And that's like indeed costs us 200 bucks a month per job. Right. Wow. Like, so it can get really expensive. I'm not saying anybody has to do that, but you know, you don't want to just like go to one job board because it's to the point now where people go, they go to multiple. Right. So if you, if here's what I would say, if you, if a person is going to choose one, go to like zip recruiter because they syndicate across a whole bunch, but consider like boosting it, right. Paying a little bit of money. Because you definitely get way better visibility and you end up with a lot of better candidates as well doing that. So it's just a numbers game like everything else in this business, right? <laughs> it sounds like. Exactly. And look, you get what you pay for. 
So it's, you don't have to go crazy, right? But maybe spending 50 or hundred dollars will go, it will save you a lot of headache down the road, right? Yeah. Because the worst thing is working with someone for 30 days, feeling good, telling them you're going on vacation. And then they say, oh, I'm out of here. Right. Yes. So we find that the more we do upfront, then the higher likelihood of longevity is. And our turnover rate is actually very, very low, which we pride ourselves on because our people are happy and we did a good job picking the right people. I agree. That says a lot. Well, thanks, Max. This has been, I really think this was a wonderful conversation, very insightful and very helpful. Where can people go to find out more about your company? Yeah, so we have, there's a few things, a few places they can go. They could go to libertybusinesssolutions.co. They can also find me on, on social media as well. Okay. And obviously everything will be linked in the show notes or Google That's <laughs> is always correct. a great yeah. place to find. All right. Good deal. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Lindsay. This was awesome. Thank you.